get emotional about it because, you know, people, if you say, you know, you've run that many marathons, every time people are going to say, well, have you run Boston? No, I haven't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Boston turned out to be very special for me because uh, I'd run a number of marathons and it, uh, could see at that point that uh, I was in the range of almost a hundred marathons. And so when I qualified, I knew that I could make Boston my hundredth marathon. That's Charles Hurst and I'm Santosh Shiva, your host for Run Yogi Diaries. Welcome back. Have you wondered if it's possible to go longer and get faster as you age? Charles proves you can through his common sense approach to running and training. He has in his running career run over 108 marathons, over 50 ultras and multiple 100 miles. We get to talk about how to get started running late in one's life, how uh, to scale one's ability over a period of time, importance of running groups and communities, uh, importance of relationships, and um, how to have fun doing all of that. So uh, let's uh, talk to Charles Hurst. Welcome to the show, Charles Hurst. Thank you, sir. It's great to be here. Uh, I'm excited and uh, honored to be talking with you today. Absolutely. I remember the first time I met you. You know, I met you in the Greenway. uh, And the Greenway was just, it it had just got inaugurated. And uh, everyone was, was running the longer uh, distance up to, which was going to uptown, right? And I met you Hi. on my way back. And um, uh, that's when we got to know each other. And I also started, I ran for some time on the German, uh, Germantown thoroughbred group for some time. And uh, so, hey, here we are. So, so glad to have you on the, on the show. That, that's what I love about the running community. I mean, you know, you meet so many great people out there just happenstance and uh you know everybody has a different story and uh it's really really a lot of fun yeah the other thing common between you and me is like we are we're born in the same month i know your birthday is just one day after mine there you go uh, all right i can't forget that right Uh, december 19th yeah yeah that's fine yeah Yeah. fellow sagittarian you know that's right (laughs) Yeah. We are cool people, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So great. So, uh, so Charles, you know, like, love to have you introduce yourself, you know, um, and, and then we'll get into your story and go from there. Okay, sure. Uh, well, I started running about 16 years ago, seriously, I guess. Uh, when I was in high school, you know, I played sports, uh, you know, baseball, basketball, uh, football, ran a little track, but uh, you know, I was not that excited about track, to be honest with you. I mean, it just seemed like a long way seeing those guys that could run a mile. And I was going, that, that is just insane. So, uh, you know, in college, I didn't really do any sports. Uh, but got married after college, uh, you know, started working. And uh, then we moved to Cleveland, Ohio. And uh, where it, you're living by the lake in Cleveland, it's a little brisk there. So a lot of not a lot of time for outdoor sports. Uh, and I was working uh, with a software company and traveling a lot. So I put on a few pounds and uh, we came back to Memphis and I said, hey, look, I can really do better than this. So 
you know, I looked around for something to do and thought I could start running. And uh, like most people's journey, I just started off the, you know, walk to a light pole, run to a light pole, and just gradually built that up. And, uh, you know, my, my first goal was to run a 5K in under 30 minutes. Uh, and that seemed monumental at the time. Uh, and, uh, but, I, you know, worked on a local race here. Uh, it was a 5K that uh, called the Firecracker 5K. And it's in, on the 4th of July blistering hot and uh took me a while but i finally uh broke that 30 minute mark and you know i just love the sport uh you know i love the community of runners uh you know when you're out there on the starting line with people that are so excited about doing positive things and uh you know taking better care of themselves and you know i just love going uh and doing that and from there joined a local running group uh, here in Germantown, as you mentioned, the Germantown Thoroughbreds. It had already been started by a group of, you know, friendly runners. They welcomed me in uh, and, you know, it just took off from there. Uh, so, you know, I saw people with their marathon stickers on there and I was like, wow, what a, what a goal. Uh, and finally worked up to that and uh, they, you know, showed me how to do it and, uh, right, I think it's 16 years ago. Uh, I ran the Tupelo Marathon, my first marathon, and uh, kind of took off from there. So great. So, so tell us about the uh, rest of how did you scale it? Now you know you um, you started and then you built on it. You did the you've done gone on to do the Boston Marathon. You're also a pacer in a lot of the marathons now. You you know you run it 420. You run a 420. Uh, you're a pace leader for the 420s uh, pace group. And, you know, that's not easy, right? Because you, you it, it takes a different level of commitment and skill set. So tell us about some of that. Okay, sure. Uh, well, as I started uh, running, you know, a few marathons, uh, I got involved with the St. Jude Marathon here. Uh, and one of the things that got involved with the pace team, because when you pace a race, you typically run that about 20 to 30 minutes slower than your PR, uh, your personal best. So, you know, I started doing that and just uh, found out that, you know, I mean, I love doing that because I could run at a comfortable pace and lead a group and help people accomplish their goals out on the race course. Uh, and, you know, it's so amazing when you're – you know, every time I start a group at the starting line, you know, we hold our pace sign up and everybody comes around and say, you know, what, how are you going to run this? And, uh, you know, we explain that we run an even pace all the way throughout the course. Uh, and I always ask, you know, is this your first time doing this? And, uh, you know, people are so excited. They raise their hand. And those are the people that I have to keep an eye on because those are the people that usually get so excited and they're in the best shape of their life that they'll just take off at the first of the race. And uh, the real benefit of running with the pace group is you have someone that's experienced and kind of guides you through, you know, keeping you at an even pace and, uh, you know, coaching them along on the course, uh, which is real helpful. And uh, I just hear some amazing stories of people that are out there doing that for the, you know, their first time or their 200th time uh, 
running. Everybody has a different purpose for being out there. And I just love doing that. So I've paced all over the country. Uh, and a lady that I really learned to pace with, that I paced with quite a bit uh, here in Memphis, Marie Bartoletti. Uh, she's run over 500 marathons and uh, also done bad water and several other races like that. And she showed me how to do it. Uh, Cause we always have, well, typically, well, anywhere I pace, there's two pacers because anyone can have a bad day and, you know, have a problem. So I pace with Marie a lot and we print out the pace bands, tape it on the sign that we carry and, uh, you know, just use our watch and sync up at every mile to make sure that we're staying right on the money. And, uh, you know, I mean, I've hit it right on the money. Uh, I've hit under just a couple of seconds under and, uh, you know, but it's really what I enjoy doing because I get so much about out of, you know, hearing the people at the end of the race where they go, you know, thank you for keeping me reined in and not going out too fast or, uh, you know, giving me some tips along the course. And uh, we always have to save our best jokes towards the end of the race because not too much is funny at that point. <laughs> but uh, it's really encouraging to, you know, bring those people along and then have such a great experience out there because it's tough. I mean, it, you know, I don't care how many of these you've done. They're never easy. Totally. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I think the, uh, uh, at least the theory of uh, human physiology is that what, like 20 miles is your uh, physical uh, limit where the uh, body switches from one energy form, one energy source to another. And, that's when your mind still has to stay focused. And the whole joke is marathon is two distant, you know, two halves, 20 miles on the last 6.2, right? <laughs> right, right. There's been a lot of races when I've been out there thinking at mile 22, what, what other hobby looks good right now? <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> because this I, is I not totally fun. agree. And then you get to the finish line or that last, you know, couple of hundred yards where you can see the finish line. And I mean, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. In fact, uh, you know, you um, uh, the talking about pacing, uh, my first PR was because uh, I stuck with the pacing group. And I remember the last mile, uh, I was hurting so much, you know, because that was not a pace I, uh, I was used to. And I was hurting so much. And I remember that lady, you know, just helping me through it, but just giving, speaking those encouraging words and you know having me not give up mentally right, right? because right. i was uh, the body was basically saying stop it you know you you shouldn't be doing this at this right. pace and I, and and in atlanta i think the last half a mile there's a little hill that comes up sure. really you need a hill at this point but yeah thank thank you for for what you do as a pacer and to all yeah. the pacers out there you know i think uh, folks who run marathons I'm sure uh, see the paces and I don't think they really know what goes behind uh, what you guys do and the planning and the commitments. So thank you so much for that. Well, and, and, yeah. and um, so coming back to your own personal journey, right. Um, and you went on to do uh, not just the, the large number of marathons, but you also qualified for Boston, uh, which is a big deal, right? Um, it's, it's a big deal because you also seem to have gotten faster uh, to a point where you could qualify for the Boston. So tell us about how did you get faster? What did you do? Uh, what did you have to do to hack into your 
speed genes. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, looking at Boston, it, when early on in my running career, you know, I mean, I've never been a speedster uh, out there, but, uh, you know, I do think I have the mental toughness uh, to stick with it. And, you know, having Boston as a goal, uh, I knew I had to do some things a little different. And I talked with, I have some friends in our running group in Germantown Thoroughbreds that uh, I listened to them. They had been to Boston numerous times. And I said, you know, what do I need to do to knock this time down to get there? And uh, how can I do it differently? Because I was, you know, at that point I'd run probably 80 marathons and, you know, I was comfortable with that, but what do I need to do to take it to the next level? And, you know, they said, you need to focus on speed work, which I really had not done. And, uh, you know, with speed work, you learn to really, you know, push your body uh, and feel that pain and being able to hold on to that edge of pain, you know, to get through that. And the faster you run, the faster you go and you get used to that uh, speed. And that made a big difference uh, for me. And, uh, you know, I would have never thought that, you know, my fastest marathon would be near 60 years old. Uh, and you know, I, I felt great about that. Uh, you know, I cross train when I'm doing, so I, you know, I don't try to just blow myself up running every day. Uh, and I think that helps, you know, physically, if you just have a stronger body, stronger core, uh, you know, you can survive handling those uh, higher, you know, faster paces and stay in the game longer. Uh, you know, I listened to some of those people because I, I normally would work out all, you know, before the race and uh, the week before the race and, you know, not really taper as everybody says you should, <laughs> uh, which is smart. Uh, so I listened, you know, put my ego aside and said, you know, I want to learn how to do this better. And I listened to those people and it was fun because I qualified at the Andrew Jackson marathon uh, in Jackson, Tennessee, uh, which is not far from here. And we had several people from our running group that went up there with me, guys that had been pushing me uh, to train to go a little faster and they ran the race with me. And uh, you know, it, it was just a great day to get out there and, you know, n- the weather turned out well, which was fortunate because in all of these, a lot of things can go wrong. Uh, and I, you know, it was just a terrific day because I was, had my pacing from my pacing experience, I knew where I was on the course, uh, time wise. And, uh, they were pushing me and they were getting a little nervous that I was going to be too close. And, uh, I made it by like 31 seconds for my, not just the Boston qualifying time, but for the time to get bibbed because there is a difference, uh, you know, and, you know, when I crossed the finish line, it it was just a great, great feeling uh, that, you know, you get emotional about it because, you know, people, if you say, you know, you've run that many marathons, every time people are going to say, well, have you run Boston? Mm -hmm. And no, I haven't, (laughs) but uh, you know, Boston turned out to be very special for me because uh, 
I'd run a number of marathons and it, I could see at that point that uh, I was in the range of almost a hundred marathons. And so when I qualified, I knew that I could make Boston my hundredth marathon. And uh, that, that was really special for me. Uh, wow. I actually talked talk to the race director up there, uh, Dave McGill Ray, and he got me the uh, bib number 100. Uh, he actually gets bib number 100 every year. Uh, he runs the marathon after everyone else is finished, and uh, he does it with bib number 100. And I emailed him uh, prior to the Boston Marathon. I said, you know, here's what I've been doing you know, in some of these other races leading up to Boston, I would talk to the race director and they would give me bib number 96 or 97, 98 leading up to the uh, race. And they said, uh, that's not quite the way we do it here in Boston. <laughs> I said, okay, fair enough. I, I would have always hated uh, not to have it and not ask. But then I actually ran into Dave when I was in Boston and uh, he said, yes, you know, just send me an email afterward and I'll send you the bib, which he did. I mean, it's just a terrific guy. And, that, and that's just an example of the type of running community there is out there. You know, people in that position, he, you know, that was a crazy weekend in 2018. The weather was like one of the worst that they had ever had. And uh, he was running all over the place, but he took the time to say, sure, you know, I'll do that. And he followed through. So, but I tell you what, making that final turn uh, on Boylston and seeing the finish line, I, I mean, I had tears in my eyes coming down there knowing, uh, you know, I, I really hit that goal. So I was excited. Awesome. Yeah. It takes a village to get a guy to run, finish the bar, qualify for a Boston first of all, right? Awesome. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good, so, so nice to hear your, your friends uh, were behind you and, and wow, hundred marathon and a Boston one. Yeah. yeah. What a story. Amazing. <laughs> Wow, well, you're getting me inspired now, you know. I, well, I, that, that, I don't know if you remember that day, though. It was uh, the ter they almost canceled the Boston Marathon that day because of the weather. They had sleet and snow and everything coming in that day, and the winds were terrible. And, uh, you know, we had a group walking over to the marathon that morning, uh, some people that were in our running group that were running it that day. and we walked by these reporters and uh, they asked some of the people in our group if we wanted to talk on camera. And, uh, you know, they said, no, get this guy over here, you know, get Charleston. So I went over there and, you know, we all had our rain gear on. It was just blowing sideways and all that. And they said, well, what do you think about this weather? And I said, it's just like I like it. <laughs> uh, so, you know, you just have to have that mental mindset that you know i'm gonna make this uh when every time i go to a starting line i say you know i will stop at the finish line uh but i'm gonna make this i told my wife that morning if they have one person finish the race that day it's gonna be me and wow. uh you know it, it was tough i started off in rain pants and a, a jacket and there were people just jackhammering at the uh starting line because they were so cold and uh it was tough but it was a memorable day. I mean, that's the way that I would want it, the 100th marathon to be in Boston. So wow. it was really fun.
I, you are inspiring me to think about it. I've never thought about, I didn't think I would even, I, I'm capable of running uh, Boston, uh, given the times that I have to uh, cross to get there. But you know what? You what you're telling me is very inspiring and I'm not giving up. Uh, that can, that's a commitment I'm making right now. <laughs> you can do I'm just it. making that up. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, you know, I mean, the thing about it is just having that purpose in mind and, uh, you know, making it part of your everyday decisions on, you know, is this, uh, you know, will this help me get to Boston better? Uh, yeah. You know, make me a better runner every, every small choice you make. So, uh, it's beautiful. It, I can assure you it's worth it. You'll be glad you did. Totally, totally. I, and by the way, um, unless you tell somebody you're 60, nobody's going to guess it, okay? Uh, <laughs> you gave it away. I, we, should have, we should have had a quiz at the end of this thing. How old do you think Charles is? But people will say, hey, what, maybe 40. Maybe 40. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, so uh, that, that's, that's just terrific. And, um, uh, you know, Age, age is a number they say, but you know, uh, you're definitely uh, exemplifying that. Um, oh, well, uh, terrific. So uh, one takeaway definitely is that for, you, for, for anyone to get to that level of, you know, trying to break through to that level of um, fitness to qualify for a Boston will require embracing pain in um, uh, running fast. But good time to pivot into another kind of pain that you've embraced, which is running longer. Right. You've, you've done like 40 plus 50 mile races. I think that's what I, I remember you uh, writing to me and, and then four 100 mile, uh, you know, plus races. That's a different pain cave, right? So let's talk about that. Okay. Well, when I turned 50, uh, I, I wanted to have a stretch goal for myself and uh, I said, you know, it'd be pretty cool to run a 50 miler when I turned 50 years old. And, uh, you know, I, because when I'm doing this, I, you know, I, I'm not really looking for a, for a lot of adoration in this. I just want to see how I can be 100% of me. Uh, you know, I've said before, you know, when they, you close your eyes for that final time and they go, you know, what could you have done? Uh, you know, I want to say, yes, I, I gave that a shot and I pushed myself to all I could do. And, uh, I thought, okay, you know, I've run several marathons. How can I take it to the next level and turning 50 to run a 50 miler? Uh, we have the St. Jude marathon here in Memphis. And as you know, around our birthdays, uh, so I said, you know, that would be cool to do that. So, uh, I paced the race. I ran the marathon course, dropped off my gear, and then ran it in reverse uh, and, you know, hit some of the aid stations on the way back. And people were calling out to me, you know, you've, you're going the wrong way and all this stuff, which is fine. Uh, but uh, my wife, my son, and daughter-in-law were all out there after the race course had closed, you know, help putting, providing aid along the course. So, and uh, I finished you know, in the dark down by the river, uh, I actually did 52, uh, miles on there, uh, finishing the course twice. And, uh, my, they had a little toilet paper finish line for me, uh, as I finished down there. And, uh, it was a great feeling and some 
uh, a good friend of mine, John Phillips, that I've uh, done a lot of this stuff with, uh, he saw that and uh, he got into it himself of uh, running these ultra races. And we've done a lot of those together. And uh, it, it just sort of took off from there because I, I would have never imagined running 50 miles. But what's cool about this is, you know, progressing slowly at your own pace. Don't try to judge your fitness level by someone else's. And uh, as you slowly add to this, we're in this for the long haul. Mm -hmm. uh, so don't try to be, you know, compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 12. Mm -hmm. uh, if you're just starting off, you know, running a, a 15 minute mile may be a great accomplishment for you. It's mm -hmm. all about just personal progression. So, uh, we did that and uh, had, some, had a lot of fun doing that with John. He's one of those people where ever you say, you know, I think of a crazy idea and say, sure, I'm in for that. Uh, so that that from that, we led to uh, what was the result of a sort of a prank with our running group. Uh, one Sunday, they, all, they always used to make fun of me for picking up change along the course. If I would see pennies or anything like that, I'd stop and pick it up. So these ladies one Sunday went out and threw down all these coins on the uh, race, on their training course. And I was running along, just picking them up and going, wow, that's you know, a pretty good haul out here today. And my shorts were about to come down, uh, found so much. And we got to the water stop and they were just laughing, uh, you know, at me. And they told me what had happened. And I said, you know, what would be fun is if we thought of an idea that we could raise money um, and do this. So, uh, and make a challenge out of it. So we I did some research and we found out we could raise money for a clean water well and, uh, in Africa. And so we called it the road to change uh, from picking up change along the road. And we were at a water stop. So uh, John and I decided to run the Arkansas Traveler, which is a hundred mile race to raise money uh, for that clean water work. And I can tell you, if you run a hundred mile race, it will change your life. <laughs> uh, it, it is, you know, it gives you a whole different perspective on being tired and uh, what, what you're humanly, you know, possible. Uh, because, you know, you have to put a lot of work in there. Uh, but uh, it, it is life changing. And, uh, you know, whenever at that point, after, running a hundred mile race. If you hear someone else say they're tired today, you go, okay, well, I've seen tired. <laughs> and uh, yeah. it gives you a whole different perspective on it. I have a, I have a theory, right? And the, and the theory is that uh, people who do ultra long distance running um, have a way with transcendence with pain, right? Have a way to transcend pain. I mean, it's not like there's no pain. Uh, it's wow. a, I think people who uh, run these long distances beyond uh, normal human things is possible. Um, there is a point you reach beyond pain. There is a space I think that you guys get to. I've, I've experienced that in smaller distances, not, not to the length that you guys have gone. And I think we go back because there's something that we experience personally 
at some point beyond that place where we call pain. So it, and I think it happens after that point. And it could be, you know, people might call it spiritual, people might call it being in a state of flow. It could be, you know, in, in, um, in the Eastern traditions, it could be called nirvana, whatever, right? But, yeah. I, but I do think that we as runners and endurance uh, uh, pursuits, uh, pursuit junkies, if you will, uh, experience this. And that's why we keep going back, I think, don't you? Uh, uh, what do you absolutely. say? There, uh, one experience I had, uh, they have this race over in Arkansas called the, uh, it's, they call it the full moon 50 K. And uh, they started at eight o'clock at night because it's in uh, July and it's always warm. So they're trying to do it the cool part of the day. <laughs> Uh, but I was running that one year and uh, you're out in the middle of nowhere and I was on this gravel road and uh, I was just running along. The sky was beautiful, clear, full of stars. And I just felt like I could have run forever out there. Mm -hmm. I, I was just in that vein, like say the flow uh, of feeling so good. And, you know, it's hard to replace that experience and you never forget things like that and you know I, I tell myself a lot of times you know there's absolutely parts of this that I don't enjoy uh, you know when it gets really hard but what I really really enjoy is the feeling knowing that I can go out there and do that knowing that I have the privilege of going out there and doing that and that there's a lot of people that would love to be able to do a portion of that and you know it's I'm grateful that I have the help so far uh, to continue to be able to do that and the only way that I know I can do it is to go out there and do it I, I always try to have an ultra on my race calendar every year because I get a physical every year but that's is really what I see as my stress test to go out there and see you know what's possible for me and uh, just knowing you can do it is, you know, a great feeling that you can carry with you every day. Uh, but you have to go out there and actually do it to verify that. Yeah, and it has, and, and I would say that that feeling or that mindset kind of um, flows over into your daily life, whether it's relationships, work, uh, you know, That's your day-to-day -day commitments, right? I, 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 it's my theory that people who are runners and endurance sports people are generally happier, um, right? And the small uh, pains that you, you, you uh, experience in regular life, you soon, you know, uh, compare it to a pain you probably experienced while running and say, hey, you know what, I can deal with this and stay right. with it, stay with it. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember I used to travel quite a bit with uh, work uh, and, you know, I'd be in the airport and I would see people just sweating and struggling, you know, pulling their bags. And I was going, you know, I feel great going through here. And, you know, it's because of what, you know, I pursued in, you know, as my hobby uh, and taking care of myself. And I, I, I always feel like I owe that to my family and, uh, you know, myself to take care of myself uh, to be the best person I can be. And, you know, you, you talk about the happiness part of it. Uh, there was a Harvard study that uh, you may have heard about it. They started in 1938 on ad adult development. And it's one of the longest studies they've ever done. It's like over 80 years. And one of the
the things that they found that was more important than your cholesterol level or anything else for longevity is your relationships and mm -hmm. how good your relationships are with people. And that's what really what I love about the running community is they're so supportive uh, and welcoming. And, uh, you know, it's such a good group that, uh, you know, it's not a I win, you lose group. It's we all win together. And uh, if I can help you, you know, achieve your goals. And those type of relationships, when you're out there struggling together on the long run, uh, you know, with your group, I mean, that's some of your best friends. And uh, th that's the type of relationships that we all need more of. Totally. Well said. Well said. And um, by the way, talking about relationships, congratulations on 40 years of marriage. And that, well, that thank you. Speaks of, right? That speaks of... <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I got very lucky. <laughs> I have a very uh, wonderful wife that takes great care of me. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. And, and without that, I'm, I'm sure that she's been a big contributor to your ability to do all these, uh, you know, phenomenal, uh, you know, things in running, right? That's, that's yeah. great. Well, that's fine. We, we've uh, been able to travel to several different races. You know, she's not a big fan of just going down to the local <laughs> race, uh, you know, see me the 10 seconds uh, walk, run by in the marathon. But uh, we've been fortunate to go to uh, other countries and run. Uh, we went to Berlin uh, for the marathon there and went to Athens uh, to run the marathon there and, uh, you know, makes trips out of it. And, uh, you know, she's a great partner to be with to do that. Terrific. Terrific. So what's next for you? What's, what are you, what are you cooking? Uh, I've got that, uh, you know, uh, what we call an ultra half marathon. <laughs> in a couple of weeks in Tupelo. Uh, but with not a whole lot on the schedule, uh, we've, you know, been doing some of the ultra, I mean, uh, virtual races, but, uh, you know, our running group uh, are really following, you know, or sort of setting up our own courses with, as you mentioned, the road race series in Memphis with the Memphis Runners Track Club. Uh, our group is, got some courses where we're doing group runs on those distances. And uh, I'm sure we'll, because this St. Jude marathon is virtual this year, uh, there will be a group of us running the actual course down there on race day. But uh, just looking forward to, you know, some actual races coming back. Uh, I still have the London marathon on my bucket list. Uh, you know, all the major marathons to do, uh, that one in Tokyo are the only two that I haven't done. So uh, I, I definitely want to get to London, uh, you know, and check that awesome. one off the list. Terrific. But, you know, I always say my, my fitness goal is to dance at my grandkids' wedding. So, uh, oh. you know, I just want to stay healthy and uh, take care of myself and uh, do this as long as I can. That's terrific. And, and she's no like, she's, what, how old is she? Uh, well, she's eight, so okay. <laughs> yeah, that's so, my oldest grandchild. So okay, so, uh, so at, at least at least at least twelve years more, if not, that's if not right. less. Hopefully, a little longer than that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we all wish that you continue to do great stuff and you continue to be fit. Uh, before we wrap up, uh, any any final uh, words of uh, wisdom in terms of, uh, of course, you talked about how to get 
to Boston, of course, is, uh, you know, you've talked about how to get there in terms of speed training. Uh, for people who want to get on to those long distance running, any, any, any words of wisdom in terms of training tips or something that you think I, is helpful? Sure. I, I think, uh, you know, train with a group is very helpful uh, because not only, you know, the camaraderie that you get out of that, you get a lot of good tips from those, uh, but also, you know, keep in mind that this is a slow progression and that you want to be in this for the long term. So take your training gradually and uh, add a little bit of a time at a time. Uh, you know, it's sort of like uh, with the mythical story about the guy lifting the bull when he was a little calf, lifting him up every day. And then pretty soon he was strong enough to lift the bull at the end. We, we all will surprise ourselves on what we can accomplish because you know, those first runs that used to feel like, you know, were terrible. And uh, now it's just a warm up for you. And that's, if you're consistent with your training, that's the way everyone will be. I've seen it thousands of times uh, with people. If uh, you will just stick with it, no, there's not going to be perfect days out there, but on those days where you don't really feel like it, do a little bit uh, and, and stay active and, uh, you know, cross train. So, you know, and nutrition is important because you can't, <laughs> the old thing about, uh, you know, getting the furnace hot enough, it'll burn anything. You don't want to burn anything. I mean, if you had a expensive racehorse, you wouldn't feed it junk food. Mm -hmm. uh, and you should, you know, think the same way about ourselves. Uh, take care of, you know, what you put in your body and keeping your body moving. And uh, we all will surprise ourselves what we can do. So is there anything um, different you do or uh, what do you do for nutrition? Is there anything specific? Uh, you know, I just try to eat fairly clean. Uh, you know, I, I try to avoid, I don't ever drink sodas and, uh, you know, just try to eat healthy. Uh, nothing dramatic. I, I don't have any super code on there. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, I just do my best to avoid junk food. Uh, and, you know, I want to enjoy life too. You know, yeah. we're, we're in this to enjoy it, the ride. Uh, so, you know, I'll occasionally, you know, have some things I probably shouldn't be eating. But, hey, we only go around once. Do you have a favorite treat post-race uh, uh, treat? Uh, you know, no, not, uh, nothing specific, actually. You know, it was funny. We, we did a race over in Arkansas one time. Uh, it was a 50-miler, and we stopped by this uh, little diner afterwards, and they had, you know, in the south where they had the meat and three, uh, you know, get a meat and three vegetables, and I was sitting there eating all that, and it, it tasted so good. She said, well, would you like anything else? And I said, well, let's just do that again. <laughs> so they said the whole thing. Uh, but I, I'm typically not really hungry right after a race. But then the next day, uh, you know, I'll eat everything in sight. All right. Hey, um, that was a wonderful conversation. Uh, I definitely am very inspired with what you've been doing. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm personally taking on some goals myself after hearing your story. Okay. Oh. Um, 
So thanks a lot. I'm sure people are listening to this probably feel the same. Uh, so thanks a lot. Keep doing all the good stuff you're doing and uh, we'll keep in touch. And thank you so much for being in the well, show. Thank you. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And uh, yeah, I'm certainly uh, look forward to keeping in touch and uh, accomplishing goals together. Thank you. Absolutely. All right. Have a good thank one. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye.